about to go into the 20s. Like, when you hear the 20s, you think the roaring 20s, but we're about to go into the 20s. Tonight is the last Wednesday night service of the year. Man, can I just say, like, Wednesday nights are honestly, like, all the way through 2019 and uh, the past four years of my life, Wednesday nights here have been, like, the highlight of my week. I absolutely love it. I love spending my Wednesday nights with you. I know we love spending our Wednesday nights with you. And tonight, we're concluding this series entitled, Jesus is King. And tonight, as, as we're talking through um, the fact that this is the last Wednesday night of the year, I want to ask you this question. What do you want your 2020 to look like? What do you, what do you want 2020, the year 2020, to look like for you? Let me ask, let me ask it in this way. Let me, ask it, uh, let me frame the question like this. Um, how do you want next year to be different? Maybe this year there's some things that you're like, man, I want things to change. There's some things that just, they have to change. They have to shift. Things have to look different. How do you want it to look different? How do you want your 2020 to look? And let me just, let me just uh, throw on top of this question this idea. Your perspective and your view on God is the game changer. That's the game changer. That what, how you view God, the way that you look at God, your, your perspective, your opinion, and the position he holds in your life is the game changer for what your 2020 will look like. That's why tonight, um, as we're concluding this series, Jesus is King. Who's enjoyed this series? Who's liked this series? And it's been so much fun. I've, I've absolutely loved preaching this. Um, I want you to turn to your neighbor, look at him. Look at them deep in their eyes this Christmas season. I want you to announce my message title to them as loud as you can. Yell at them, Jesus. Jesus. Come on, tell, all right. That neighbor stuck up. Look at your other neighbor. Look at your, that's why they, that's why they didn't want to yell at you. Look at your other neighbor. Yell at them, Jesus, Jesus. is yes. king, king of all. Oh, come on, somebody. Anybody believe Jesus is king over all? Man, we've talked. He's king of depression. He's king of fear. He is king of disease. He is king of sin. Jesus is king of all. We could just say amen and head into 2020 right there. Man, because, because Jesus is king. He's Lord. He still sits on the throne. And if Mufasa's stomping ground was the pride land, Jesus' pride land is the entire universe. Whatever it is that you are, are looking for, hoping for, and in, in need of, it is within the rule and the reign of Jesus. He is king of all. Somebody say amen. I'm going to sit down for a quick second. Else I'll just keep preaching. If you're, if you're a note taker, write this down. Here's your sermon in a sentence. Uh, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, this is why I love youth ministry. The, these things won't happen anymore once I'm a lead pastor one day. <laughs> you won't have junior high boys walking down the front like this. <laughs> uh, write this down if you're, if you're a note taker. Uh, the king of all gave his all for you. We could just stop right there. Man, isn't that amazing? That's what Christmas is all about. The fact that Jesus, the king of all, he gave his all, his very life for you. Why not give the king your all? Man, to me, that just makes sense. We're going to read really what is the beginning of the Christmas story um, tonight. 
a whole 12 verses. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. If you're there, say amen. If you need more time, say hold up. All right, I'm going to hold up for a split second, and then it's time. Fun fact, I hate Arrowhead water. Fun fact, I don't know why we get Arrowhead. It tastes like dirt. I feel like I could taste the bear poop in Arrowhead. Mmm, water and bear poop. Delicious, so refreshing. Woke up this morning and said, you know what I want for breakfast? <laughs> hey, would you stand in the honor of the reading of God's word? We're going to read 12 verses. Um, hey, where, where are all the ladies 16 and under? Make some noise, ladies 16 and under. That's what's up. Oh, man. Sometimes I think like one day, like, what am I going to do when I have a teenage daughter? Dear God. God, I, what will I do? I'll need, God, all the other guy, all the guys in the room, I'll need you more than ever in that season, dear Jesus. Um, I ask you that only because literally tonight's whole learning lesson comes from a, about probably 15, no older than 16, no younger than probably 13 or 14 year old girl. We're learning from tonight our whole learning lesson. So man, any, any gentleman in the room that you struggle with pride issues, you're going to hate tonight. But for all the rest of us, just know tonight's learning lesson, we are taking notes from the life of a teenage girl. And it's going to be a, uh, there's a lot packed into this. There's a lot in this story. It's a great story. And it's the story, of course, for those of you who have your Bibles over, you see, it's the story of Mother Mary learning she became pregnant. With Jesus. Here it is. Uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, I know that seems random. Elizabeth is actually Mary's cousin, and her, uh, her pregnancy was also like miraculous. It was crazy, and it was a part, it connects to the Christmas story as well. So that's why that's in there. That's why that's important. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. Guys, there's the best pickup line you could ever have in your life. When you see a cute girl at the mall this Christmas, walk up to her and say, greetings, favored woman. <laughs> and then just tell her, the Lord is with you. That's what Gabriel said. Um, like most teenage girls, uh, confused and disturbed, Mary, <laughs> come on guys, it's Christmas, <laughs> confused and disturbed, uh, Mary tried to think what the angel could, uh, could mean. Verse 30, don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, you have found favor with God and you will conceive and give birth to a son and his name will be Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. Verse 33, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel um, very practically, uh, I took health class. How can this happen? I am a virgin. That girl Mary was very, very smart. She knows how this works. She says, one plus one equals two. In this equation, we got one plus none. How is that going to equal another one? It doesn't work that way. And then the angel replies to her, and she says, he, he says, 
The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. A.K.A. Mary, it's going to be a miracle. You can't even explain it. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she's conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, listen to this, and there's so much packed into these words right here. She said, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. She said, she said in another version, let it be. And the angel left her. Let's pray. God, a long prayer tonight, Lord. Speak to us. Please don't let Star Wars suck. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a seat. It's the last one in this series, you guys. If this, There's two ways in which I will cry tomorrow night at, I'm pretty sure, one of the first showings of the movie. I will cry if Ray turns to the dark side. I will cry if Kylo doesn't turn to the light side. And I will cry if that movie sucks. Because this is my childhood coming to an end, people. If 3PO dies, I will revolt. <laughs> um, and he says in the trailer, he's like, what are you doing, 3PO? He says, taking one last look at my friends. That's a pretty good 3PO impersonation. That was not bad. <laughs> What's the most shocking moment? Um, we might have a shocking moment tomorrow in Star Wars, but what's the most shocking moment of your life? It was the most... That was, that was tough, bro. You have no clue how tough it was when Han Solo died for me. Um, but, 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 but in real life, outside of fiction, um, what, what's the most shocking moment of your life? And, and as you're remembering that moment, I want you to remember as well, how did you respond? How did you respond? Maybe not the most shocking moment of my life, but I remember Christmas. I was 12 years old. I'd been asking for a guitar. I wanted to learn to play guitar, not because I wanted to learn to play guitar, but because I thought that girls like guys that played guitar. So I was like, I want to learn to play guitar. Um, so I asked my parents, hey, can I get a guitar? And I really wanted to get um, an acoustic guitar. Didn't know they were called acoustic guitars. I thought they were called country guitars. But I was like, those are the ones that make you feel stuff when you play them, you know? So I want one of those guitars. So I'm asking my parents, like, you know, I don't want anything else. And, like, to preface this whole story, for anybody who doesn't know has never heard my story, my family, we grew up, like, broke, broke. So the fact that I'm asking for a guitar was, like, a huge deal. So Christmas morning comes, and we're unwrapping presents. And to be honest, it was a Christmas where the more presents I unwrapped, the more discouraged I got. Because I knew the more presents that I unwrapped, the less likely it was that there was a guitar waiting for me somewhere. So I'm unwrapping some clothes. It's like a tradition in our family that the guys get socks. I don't know why. Don't ask me, but we well, unwrap a bunch of socks, all this stuff. Um, um, and then... And then, like, we get kind of to the end of our gifts, and my mom and dad are like, so, you know, that, that's it. And so, you know, in that moment, like, all of you have probably now at this point, at your ripe old age, have probably had a Christmas or two that you were like, hmm, wasn't the best, you know? But you can't, like, react that way, you know? Like, we all know deep down inside, like, that's wrong. Like, we've got to be grateful. And even if we're not, we have to pretend like we're grateful, you know what I'm saying? So... I was having that moment. It was this kind of uh, 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 this crisis internally. I'm like, I wanted a guitar so bad. And then out of the corner of my eye, behind the tree, I see something with a bow on it. And I'm like, oh. And I look at my mom and look at my dad. They're like, it's yours, Corey. And I was like, no way. No. And I'm so stoked. I go. I grab the guitar case. I pull it, like, away from the tree. And I'm like, 
oh, that's a little bit lighter than I expected. Whatever, I don't know what to expect. I don't play guitar. Throw it on the couch. There's like four or five like buckle things that keep it close. I open it, and there's no guitar. It's just filled with socks. Like, I already got socks. Are you kidding me? And I was crushed. I was like, no. Oh. And I know, like, in this story, like, you're thinking, yeah, like, like, but your parents came and brought you a guitar, right? Like, they were just kidding. You turned around, and there was your, like, your mom, like, holding a guitar, right? No. We went and we ate. We're, and that was it. And I was, like, so sad. But I couldn't react like I was sad My because my parents said, look, Corey, you know, like, we don't have the type of money to just get you whatever you want. We really wanted to get you a guitar. And we couldn't afford it for Christmas. So we figured we'll get you the guitar case. And for your birthday in May, we'll get you a guitar then. Is that okay? And I'm like, yeah, I guess that's okay. Like, how are you supposed to be mad at that? Like, your parents are saying, hey, sorry we're poor. <laughs> like, what are you supposed to do? And so we just go about our day and we're eating. And then about halfway through the day, my dad comes out of the room playing a guitar. Like, you evil genius. <laughs> I'm doing this with my kids one day. Like, they didn't, like, say, like, two minutes, 30 seconds. Like, no, they went, like, four hours without telling me. And I was so shocked. But I'm so glad that I don't look back at that moment. And, like, my reaction had been, like, you guys suck. Like, how come we couldn't be rich like Timmy's family? You know what I'm saying? Like, so glad that wasn't my reaction. How, what's the most shocking moment of your life? And, and how did you react? I mean, obviously, you already see where I'm going. For, for Mary, this was the most shocking moment of her life, and yet she responds so incredibly. And so tonight, I really just want to take a few moments. As this, is like, this is the genesis of the Christmas story right here. This is the beginning of the Christmas story. And I just want to dig in really into this teenage girl's reaction to God. So if you're taking notes you're taking notes, I pray that whatever it is that you want for Christmas, you get it. If you're not taking notes, I hope you get coal and a, and a journal. And I hope, I pray you get nothing but a journal for Christmas so you can take notes in 2020. Write this down. I can't give God something that cost me nothing. Christmas for, for Mary um, was much different than everyone else. Everyone else, Christmas is all about presents and stockings and lights and hot cocoa and gingerbread house. Anyone ever build a gingerbread house? Uh, they're not worth it. Um, and, and like Christmas movies and like joy and all. For, for Mary, Christmas meant divorce. It meant losing her friends and her family. It meant her social status being completely wrecked. Oh yeah, also being pregnant at 15 years old. That's what Christmas meant for Mary. I, I want you to imagine for a moment coming to school Monday morning after Luke chapter 1 had happened. And, and we all know like how girls begin their day at school. Like they begin everything ever. They talk. <laughs> I always go like when we go hang out as guys, like we go and we, we do stuff. Like, hey, what do you want to do? Hey, let's go play basketball. Yeah, let's, go, let's go snowboard. Let's go uh, play some video games. Let's, some, we go do something. Amber's always like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go with the girls, and we're going to hang out too. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. What are you going to do? She's like, we're going to talk. Well, that sounds terrible. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you going to talk about? Uh, but 
Imagine Mary, Monday morning at school, gets to school, and everyone begins to give the updates of their life. And they're like, hey, Jessica, so how was your weekend? She's thinking the same old, same old. And she's hung out at home, Disney Plus, a lot of Girl Meets World. The Mandalorian came out, uh, you know, on Friday. Baby Yoda's the absolute cutest, you know. And then I, like, sat on Instagram for 47 hours, and that's about it. It's like, oh, wow, Jessica, that's so, that's so great. Uh, and what about you, Rachel? And Rachel's like, well, you know, I went and was hanging out on Friday with my family. And then, you know, Saturday night, I was kind of bored. So, you know, I, you don't judge me, but I went to the club. And it's like, Rachel, we told you you shouldn't go to the club no more. She's like, oh, but it was just so, it was so good. It was so popping. I was like, no, Rachel, don't. Well, Mary, what about you? What did you do? She's like, oh, me, I just got, got pregnant. <laughs> They're like, wait, what? Like, Run that back. Why'd you say, no, no, guys, don't worry. It's God's baby. <laughs> They're like, Mary, were you at the club with Rachel? And when those people came around with, like, the stuff and the smoke, did you take that? Because you, you're making no sense. She's like, no, guys, it's, trust me, it's okay. It's God's baby. We're going to be fine. And they're like, well, what about Joseph? You're probably wondering, who's Joseph? Joseph is her fiancé, who she had. Okay, you remember the part where it says, uh, uh, Mary's like, how is this going to happen since I'm a virgin? Mary and her fiancé, in this day and age, I know it's like normal for like people to just sleep around. And that day was not normal at all. Like a teenage pregnancy nowadays, I had friends in high school who had gotten pregnant. Like you guys know people who in high school have gotten pregnant. Like it's you know, it's kind of become, it shouldn't be, but it's become like not a big deal. Uh, uh, in that day, very big deal. Massive deal. Like this would have ended her whole life. And her friends in that moment saying, guys, don't worry, I'm pregnant, but it's God's baby. They would have been like, bye. <laughs> like We're not friends anymore because that's how the society worked. I want you to realize for a moment that for Mary, Saying yes to God would have costed her everything. I love, I love in the Old Testament, um, David, the psalmist, he, he talks about how I can't give God anything that doesn't cost me something. Man, the king of all, he gave his all for you and I. Doesn't it just make sense to in return give him our all? That's what Mary had to do. Mary had to give him her all. Say, like, everything. Because this doesn't just mean I'm pregnant at 15 years old. Imagine, ladies, for Christmas, an angel shows up to you and says, Hey, Merry Christmas. I got a gift for you. And this gift is coming from God Almighty. And you're like, oh, my gosh. God Almighty is balling. Like, what is he going to give me for Christmas? This is going to be the best stocking stuffer I've ever seen in my whole life. This can, it's not going to be able to fit under the Christmas tree. And, the, and Gabriel's like, yeah, it's not going under the Christmas tree. It's going in your belly. <laughs> Merry Christmas. You're going to get pregnant. Like, this was crazy. And it would have cost Mary everything. Yet she said yes. What do you do when saying yes to God will cost you and cost you personally. See, here's the thing. For Mary, it cost her everything. For us, saying, saying yes to God, let's be honest, it's probably not going to cost us everything. But it is going to cost us something. So what do you do when, when saying yes to God costs you something?
What if, what if in this coming year, in 2020, we just allowed God to use our lives in such a way where we said, even if it, even if it costs me something, even if it costs me everything, God, I want what you want. Realize it cost God, him, it cost God personally. This king, he gave his all. He gave his very life. Doesn't it just make sense that we would give back to him in return? Um, I've heard it said, God doesn't owe us anything. He doesn't owe us anything, yet he gives us everything. We owe God everything, yet we just give him what we want. But imagine a year where we, even just those in this room, even just a couple hundred teenagers in this city were to just say yes to God. God, whatever you have for me, whatever you're calling me to, I'm going to say yes. What if we live like that? Second point tonight, something that I see in this, um, in this story. Trusting God can be scary and confusing. Trusting God can be scary and confusing. Hey, Merry Christmas. Uh, everybody else is getting Joy to the World, Frosty the Snowman, and uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Here at Bridge Youth, we got fear and confusion. <laughs> God, I wish I brought my new friend a different night. <laughs> no, but this is like how the Christmas story began, and it attracted me. Um, here's why I bring this up. I know for a fact God wants to use you in 2020. You. Look at your neighbor. Say you. Push your other neighbor. Say you. They're still not listening. Push them again. A little bit harder now. Say you. They don't want to listen to you. Give them another shove. God, here's why I bring this whole fear and confusion thing up. God wants to use your life next year. If I know anything, like people, people all the time say, like, well, how can, you, how can you, like, prophesy and say that God's going to do this, that God's going to do that? I don't know. But I know this. God wants to use your life in 2020 in big ways. And here's what I also know. When God calls you to do something, it can be scary and it can be confusing. But what we have to do is we have to get rid of this, like, fake mentality, this fake, like, Christian mentality. Like, I just, I can't stand the people, like, you ever meet someone who's oversaved? You know what I mean? Like, when you go out to eat and, like, you, you take a bite before you pray, they're like, <gasps> you're going to hell. <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> or, like, like, you ask them, like, hey, like, have you seen my keys? And they're like, you need the keys to the kingdom. And you're like, I don't drive a kingdom. <laughs> I drive a Honda Civic. Have you seen those? Uh, and you're like, hey, I'm hungry. And they're like, you should hunger and thirst for his righteousness. And you're like, you should get punched in the face. You're ruining my life. Like, you know, someone is oversaved. They stub their foot on the bookshelf, and there's demons in the bookshelf. And they like start praying for the bookshelf. Like, the people who think, like, Halloween is from the devil, it's not. It's from the candy companies. Like, who cares? Calm down. You know, like, these same people who are like, every time you see them, it's always like, how you doing? God is good. And you're like, yeah. And they're all. And you're like, why are you motioning towards me? God is good. <laughs> yeah, but like most of us don't know that. Like most people who don't go to church, like every single week don't know that there's a correct response to God is good. And it's, and all the time, you guys are so saved. You're definitely going to heaven. Like if Jesus came right now, those of you who finished that line, you'd be going first. We'd all be, the rest of us still have to wait in line. Um, and these are the same people who like, like, they, they say things like, yeah, you know, when God tells me to do something, I just do it. It's as simple as that. You know, I woke up this morning, said, God, Frosted Flakes or Pops? 
And I'm like, why do you have such terrible cereal options? <laughs> Some better cereal options. And God said pops, so I went with pops. And it's like, like you're the worst. Like, no, you know, God told me, God told me to sell my car and my house and one of my kids, and so I did. I just did it. Like God told me, and I did it. It's no big deal. It's like, no, like, can we just stop with like the dumb pretend Christianity as if when God calls us to do something, it's not scary and confusing. And I'm not even talking about like the big stuff. Like God's saying, I want you to go to Africa and start an orphanage. And you're like, whoa, like that's a big, no, I'm talking about the like, you're in line at Starbucks and God says, I want you to just pay for the person's coffee behind you. And you're like, but I don't know what they're going to order. <laughs> Good God, they could order the whole menu. Like, God, I'm only 16. I don't have that kind of money. I'll be in debt till I'm 30. Like, God, like, what if they think I'm weird? What if they get offended? And, and, and then you're like, oh, like, you know, ooh, actually scary moment. What if they then say, hey, why did you pay for my coffee? And I'm like, I can't lie. What am I going to do? Tell them, uh, because you're beautiful. And they're like, I'm 95. <laughs> and you're like, uh, on the inside. I don't know. I <laughs> And then they ask, so then I can't lie. I just say, uh, you know, well, I believe in God, and I think God's generous, so I just want to be generous, and I want to buy you. And then what if they get offended, and they're like, oh, you're one of those. And you're like, no, but yeah, yes, but like not like that, you know. Ah, like I just want to buy you coffee. And it's so simple, yet it becomes scary and confusing. Can I just say, that's fine. That's fine. Even Mother Mary was scared and confused. Look at this. Verse number 29. It says, confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. There was a guy um, named Larry Waters. He knew a lot about ice. You see that transition? Preaching 101. He grew up around ice, actually. He grew up uh, often on frozen lakes and in the snow. And, and Larry Waters, uh, he and his wife, um, one day, they get on a four-wheeler um, in the town where they live, and they started heading across what was a completely frozen lake. And uh, they took off all of the luggage from their four-wheeler, knowing that the ice likely couldn't take that kind of weight. But there were also, like, full vehicles driving across this frozen lake. And um, so he knew even just going through the paths that they had already created in the snow were good, were just on a four-wheeler could handle the weight. About halfway across this lake, he started to hear cracking, and then they went down into the ice, nose first. As soon as they hit the water, the four-wheeler sunk straight to the bottom as they started to swim to the side and do what anybody would have done, tried to climb out of the water. The issue was, was that they had nothing to grip onto. Also, it was a really, really hazy day, and so out in the middle of this lake, there was nobody around that could even see that they're there struggling to get onto the side of the ice. They start reaching and grabbing, but there's nothing to grab a hold of. Their clothes are starting to soak up with water. Their, their shoes are soaking up with water, and they begin to sink. And literally in the water for about 15 minutes, uh, hypothermia is already kicking in, and they begin to realize we're going to die. Literally in the water, Mr. and Mrs. Waters, that's ironic. I just thought about that. Um, they, <laughs> they, don't worry. It's a good ending. Uh, <laughs> It would be very bad if I had made that joke, and it was like, and they sunk to the bottom, and that was the end of the story. Like, no, it doesn't end like Titanic. Rest in peace, Jack. Um, somebody's got that movie ruined for them. Uh, what happens is, is in the water, they literally turn to each other, and they start saying their goodbyes. 
Like imagine this moment. Like you're, you're in this way. You're struggling for life. And, and, and you and the love of your life start saying your goodbyes knowing you're about to die. Literally, the, like the last thing that happens is, is um, that Larry kisses his wife goodbye. And then he realizes in his pocket is a small tool called a Leatherman. Does anybody know what a Leatherman is? It's kind of like needle nose pliers that unfold. It's, it's a knife on one side, it's pliers on the other side, it's got all this a utility uh, tool. He realizes for whatever reason, he can't, he can't even tell you how or why, but he realizes that this, this tool is in his pocket. He pulls the tool out and, and he opens the knife and he reaches through the ice, he puts it in like a pick, and is able to pull himself out. He immediately pivots, reaches in, grabs his wife, and pulls her out of the ice as well. What's the point? My point is that I would hate to go through life like it's cold and dark, get to the end and die, not ever realizing that the answer was in my pocket the whole time. Look, you, so many, so many of you, like, you're sitting around wondering, what's the purpose of life? For many of you, you're in this cold, dark place of life, and Christmas season has only made it worse, and you feel like you're sinking. Can I tell you that the tool you need, it's in your pocket. His name is Jesus. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of all. He's the king of all. Whatever season you're in, he's the king of that season. And oh, how I would hate to get to the end of my life, not realizing that not only was, the, was the, the key, the tool to my own salvation in my pocket, but it's the very thing that then puts me in position to turn around and help others. Oh, what a wasted life. The Larry Waters and, uh, and his wife, they both, they both got to safety. They're still alive. Obviously, Leatherman has ran with this story, marketing left and right. Leatherman save life. Buy yourself a Leatherman. But I just think about the guy who invented Leatherman. What if he never invented it? Would the waters still be alive? This tool would have never been in his pocket. Can I just tell you that God has a purpose for your life that so much be- never would the guy who created Leatherman, his last name is literally Leatherman, never would he have dreamed that one day that his invention would save the lives of these couple that otherwise would have drowned to death. Can I tell you, you never know how God is going to use you. It could be so simple. It could be just asking someone, how can I pray for you? It could be a simple post on your Instagram. It could be just buying somebody coffee. You never know how God is going to use you. But if, it, if you don't let it, like, cost you something, you'll never, ever do it. If you never, and here's the thing, is that, is that faith, faith is not, faith is just doing it scared. I tell you some of the biggest moments of faith, that wasn't a moment where I was like, oh my, yeah, I'm so confident right now. Like, there's it it totally God and he's got me. No, God like gives you confidence, he helps you through it. But often it is just taking a step even when you're scared. Man, what if in 2020, even when we're scared, even when we're confused, even when we don't have all the answers, we don't know how this is going to work out. We just took the step anyways. What would our lives look like in 2020? As the band heads up and we close out, um, I encourage you next year, man, as God puts things in front of you, as God calls you to stuff, even, man, even in this season, like Christmas is such a unique season, just step into it. Even when you're scared, even 
even in the moments when, when you're confused. No, so was Mary. Yet she said yes. What did she say? It's actually our last point. Point three, write this down. Let it be. There's a, there's a really famous song by the Beatles that said uh, that Mother Mary whispers, let it be, let it be. And this is actually the scripture that it comes from, Luke chapter 1, verse 38. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you said about me come true. Another version says, um, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be. How is it that Mary, 15 years old, was able to mutter these words, let it be. Yes, God. What it is you're calling me to, yes. I'll step into it. I'm scared. I'm confused. It's going to cost me not something. It's going to cost me everything. But God, yes. I think it's because she realized that Jesus is king. And knowing Jesus is king, not of just some things, but of all, of everything, that gave her trust in God. And she said this. I am the Lord's servant. It's crazy because that, that heart of saying, I'm the Lord's servant, led her to being the Lord's leader. She ended up being Jesus' mom. Imagine spanking the creator of the universe. <laughs> Imagine the Messiah saying, Mom, can I go out and play? And going, no, because <laughs> one day I'm not going to be able to say that to you because, well, you're the Messiah, the creator of the universe. Like, she was, I mean, there's likely no greater leaders in our life than our mom and our dad. And, and Mary got to be the leader of Jesus. But it all started because she said, I'm the Lord's servant. Because she served God, she got to lead Jesus. Let me just say, um, if serving is beneath you, then leading is above you. Leading, leading is serving people. Like maybe not in the world. Maybe in the world it's being the CEO, the boss, the one that barks orders and points in a direction. But in God's kingdom, leading is just serving and loving people. What if we lived like that next year? What if we just, what if we just served and loved people? We just serve and love God. And what if every time God put something in front of us, we said, let it be. Just, man, would you post this encouraging thing on your Instagram because there's so much darkness and someone on your feed today needs some positivity. He said, let it be. He said at school, hey, you know what? That, that kid, he really needs some hope in his life. Invite him to Bridge Youth so he can hear about some hope. And you say, all right, let it be. Your family, man, everyone's fighting, everyone's yelling, everybody's, man, would you just go out and out of your own money, your allowance money, your money that you will go to work to, you are, go buy everybody dinner and say, hey, can we have dinner tonight on the table? And then you pray for your family at the table and you go, wow, like, that's crazy, but let it be. Someone says like, hey, you know, give away all your Christmas gifts to people in need. You're like, whoa, like, all right, let it be. What if the rest of this year, going into 2020, every time God puts something in front of us, we just said, let it be. I think Mary was able to say this because she knew too that if, if Jesus is king of all, then he's king of the future. And my future is in his hands. There's so many people, even in this room right now, that you're, you're holding on to so much stuff that you need to be letting go of. 
there's so many of you that should be grabbing a hold of things that God's put in front of you that you won't. And a lot of it, can I just tell you, people, people think all the time it's things like, oh, well, that's an addiction problem. No, it's not. It's a fear of the future problem. Because you think that like, man, God's not gonna take care of me in the future. He's not gonna give me the friends that I need and the people, so I can't drop these friends. But the, uh, hanging out with these friends always means that I have to, have to do these things that get me in trouble. And so, But I'm too scared that I'm not gonna end up having friends. God's not gonna give me that. It's, it's not an addiction issue. It's, it's a trust issue. You just don't trust God. Oh, I can't give this away because if I give this away, well, then I'm not gonna, you know, I won't be able to, I won't have any more in the future. That's just, a, you don't trust God. Oh, I can't bless this person because when's the next time I'm gonna come up on money like that? Oh, you know what, I got these bills and like, no, like you just don't, that's not a greed issue, that's a you don't trust God issue. What if we just said, God, I trust you, whatever you put in front of me, let it be. And I couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine what next year could look like if we just lived like that. But maybe you're in here and you're like, like, dude, I'm so far away from ever being able to live like that. Like, it's crazy. Well, let me close by telling you a story. Uh, when, I, when I was a youth pastor in Lake Elsinore, I, I met this guy named Seth. Amber, you remember Seth. He was the guy who had tattoos head to toe. He literally had horns tattooed on the side of his head. He spent a lot of, lot of his life in prison. Um, I got to hear his story, and, and his story was just absolutely insane um the things that he had done he'd done terrible things in his life this was a guy that every time you're at church you saw seth and incredible life incredible story and when i came here to the bridge um, me and seth we used to play basketball at the park together but but i kind of lost contact with him i hadn't seen him in a long time until one of our students dylan uh dylan alavio he wanted to do a kind of homeless outreach. And I know some people who work at the Dream Center in Lake Elsinore, and so we teamed up with them um, around Thanksgiving time and put together some uh, like care packages. And, and we went out there, teamed up with them, and went and gave care packages to people in need. And uh, Kenneth was there. And Kenneth had, I don't even know if you remember this, Kenneth, um, but Kenneth had brought his camera, pretty expensive camera, any DSLR, I mean, from the get-go, base models are five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars and Kenneth had his camera was taking pictures of the whole thing and all this and we're getting ready to leave at the end of the day and as we're like almost to the car we're getting ready to get in the car and leave Seth comes running up and says hey guys wait 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 you forgot your camera this was an ex-con who had felony after felony after felony after felony who could have so easily grabbed that camera and said, mine now, and nobody would have, honestly, nobody would have ever known. What's the point? People change, and so can you. So can you. God could do it for Seth. He could do it for you. Why? Because 2,000 years ago, a 15-year-old girl said yes to God. She said, let it be. And that changes everything for all of us forever. This is the last Wednesday night we're together in this year. This is the, this is the last moment that, that you're gonna have to say yes to God. I don't wanna, I don't wanna like speak darkness or negativity to anyone. I, I know and I pray you all live very long lives, but I have no, we have no idea 
This could be the last moment that you have to say yes to God. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. And don't miss the opportunity of what 2020 could be by doing what a 15-year-old girl did Christmas 2,000 years ago and said yes to God. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? There's a lot of people in this room who you've been holding on to some things you need to let go of. You've been, you've been wrapping your arms and your life around things that, that are no good for you and it's taken your life in a direction you don't ever want it to go in and yet here you are. Tonight, if you're ready to let go, this is your moment. If you're ready to say yes to God, this is your moment. I'll ask one more time with every head bowed and every eye closed still. Um, what do you want 2020 to look like? Because if you do all the same things you did in 2019 and hold on to all those same things, 2020 is going to look exactly the same, but with compound interest, and it'll probably get worse. This is your moment. This is your time to let go of those things. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, that's you. You want to let go of some things tonight. In this last moment we have together in, in 2019, you want to say yes to God. You want to say yes to Jesus. You want to give him your life. You want to give him your heart. I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, I just want you to raise your hand. This is just like your way of saying yes. This is your physical response to saying, God, I want what you want for my life. I want to give you my life. This is you saying, king of all, you gave your all for me, so I'm going to give my all right back to you. If it's that's you, this is your time. This is your moment. Don't wait till tomorrow. Tomorrow is not promised to anyone. Here we go. One, two, three. All over this place. That's you. Raise your hand. Anybody else? It's amazing. Anybody else? It's the best moment of your life. No one distracting anybody, no one talking to anybody. Anybody else? You have one more moment, one more moment. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Um, except for those of you who just raised your hand, do me a favor, pull your phone out. If you have Instagram, I know this is kind of random. If you have Instagram, pull your phone out really quick. Go to our Instagram, at bridgeYTH underscore. I just want you to DM us the words next seven. Here's why. We are not gonna be at youth for the next two weeks. We got Christmas and then we got New Year's. And so this journey you're about to go on, you're not gonna be in community like this, you know, for the next two weeks. And so we wanna help you in this walk, in this journey. And we've designed these videos called Next Seven Days that are literally just to help you. It's me on these videos just helping you understand like, hey, here's how you pray. Here's how you read your Bible. Here's what this walk looks like. Here's some tips. Here's some tricks to how to walk this journey of faith. And you're not called to walk it alone. This is the first step in walking it together. So if you have Instagram, go DM us at BridgeYTH. Just DM us next seven. After service, if you don't have Instagram, there's a, there's a box over at HQ. You can go, you fill that out, just drop uh, a little card in that box and we'll get you, we'll get you the videos in it through another app. But if you have Instagram, DM us at BridgeYTH. Just DM us next seven and we'll take care of the rest. So this is how we start this journey, with words from our mouth that we believe in our heart. We call it prayer, you could call it talking to God, whatever. I know for a lot of you, this might be the first time you've ever prayed, so, so we're gonna give you the words. I'm, gonna, I'm literally gonna give you the words, and because we're a family, we're gonna pray this together. 
Let's just pray this out loud, everybody together. Would you repeat these simple words right after me? Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a savior. I need your help. I can't do it alone. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart, I give you my life, I give you everything. I say, let it be. I say yes to you, Jesus, for today and for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we welcome people into God's family right now? Amen. It's the best decision you'll ever make with your life, I promise you that. Hey, would you stand to your feet? Would you head to the front? Last moment in our service tonight. Um, I have one more thing I just want to share with you guys. Is